0: Hey guys, you're listening to Caffeine Problems with me, Jacqueline Smith. Hey guys, welcome back to another Healthy Wednesday. I really could have nailed this series a lot better, but I just, nothing's coming to my brain. So it was Healthy Wednesday for the foreseeable future. That's just where we're at. I don't think anybody's gonna send me angry emails over it. So. <laughs> Here we are with another Healthy Wednesday, and today's topic might actually surprise you as being a health topic, but it is, and I'm going to unpack why that is for you within the episode. Today we're talking about self-preservation. This is an incredibly difficult topic for women, and I don't think we've ever really thought about why that is, but we really want to put up boundaries so that we can preserve our time, our energy, and like our autonomy, our physical selves too. The reason this is so hard for women, I think, is a lot of us, I'm just going to come out and say it, are coping with a lot of different types of less than, whether that's from abandonment or emotional abandonment or something that's going on in your past or previous relationships that you've had. Our romantic relationships can shape us just as much as our childhoods can, and a lot of us grew up the martyr archetype for... Many women, if you don't feel worthy, and this is like my story to a T, if I don't feel worthy, that's fine. If I don't feel pretty enough, if I don't feel smart enough, if I don't feel talented enough or accomplished enough to be on par with either the job that I'm doing, the person that I'm dating, the friendships I'm trying to foster, or the the tiny humans I'm trying to raise, that's okay, that's fine. What I can do is give you more than anybody else is going to give. I did this in my marriage as well. I can anticipate your needs. I can make sure I put you first. I can sacrifice little pieces of myself to make sure that you're taken care of. And that will make us even, right? That will make you love me. That will make you stay with me. That will make you be there for me when I need you, correct? The answer is no, spoiler alert <laughs> I mean how many times have we been let down by doing that and it's not even necessarily that we're doing that with the wrong people this idea of if I just give and give and give and give and give and give, and give that will create a bond and a trust where you won't leave me and you will be there for me when I need you is it's just false And the reason is for several different reasons, but not least of which is that when you continuously show people that you are willing to put them before you, you are showing them that it is correct, fair, and immoral that you have that they should come before you. And maybe that's not particularly mind-bending for you, but if you have kids, showing them that everybody else should come before they do will be what they replicate when they're older especially if it's in a romantic relationship where you are putting your partner before you. Not to be harsh, but when we show our children that that's what you do when you love someone, those are the partners that they seek out, people who will allow them to put themselves last in line and not think twice about it. The other trick of the martyr archetype is we believe that it's selfless and it's good. There's almost a moral higher ground that I think sometimes we can feel when we're playing out the martyr role but in reality the martyr role is incredibly selfish it's incredibly selfish and here's why because you're not doing all of the things that you're doing so that no one will notice no one will thank you no one will acknowledge what you did for the martyr especially if you've been this way for a long time nothing sets you off like continuously giving everything that you have to give and not having anyone acknowledge it or we like to call it appreciating it (laughs) but there's a difference between appreciation and just saccharinely giving you compliments about how well you're doing everything for other people that kind of energy isn't sustainable for those around us it becomes the norm That mom or girlfriend or wife or partner or coworker just does and does and does and does and does. And then a narrative starts that, well, so-and-so does everything because they like to. It makes them feel like they're in control. They'll complain about how everybody else does it, so just let them do it themselves. Because they need validation for you to be giving that much of yourself just as much as you need to feel validated for giving that much of yourself. Giving and giving and giving and giving and giving is what we are taught to do as women when we don't know what else to do, which is all of the time. (laughs) Because the guardrails for us are a little precarious. So here are some places where we don't preserve ourselves that have really just chronic consequences. So some place where we usually don't preserve ourselves at all is our sleep. We let our kids steal our sleep, we let our partners steal our sleep, we let our phones steal our sleep, we let our own escapism (laughs) with a Netflix and chill or whatever the kids are calling it steal our sleep. There's also this like um, worship of the hustle and the busy and You know, you're only sleeping five hours a night because of X, Y, and Z. And it's almost like a badge of honor. And it really, really shouldn't be. This is so dangerous. And I used to do it myself. You know, the easiest thing if I needed more time was to just pull time from when I was going to sleep with newborns, with toddlers, with working, with all of the things. It was just like in every stage of my adulthood. If I needed more time, I would just pull it from my sleep. Because I clearly couldn't pull it from anything that I was committed to or, you know, X, Y, and Z. But what we forget is that sleep regulates our hormones, which is everything, which is everything. Hormones are on the show. Everything. We also do this thing with prisoners of war where we don't let them sleep. Right? It's a torture tactic. And we wear it like a badge of honor. Like, how messed up is that? We don't need to be putting ourselves through this. It's not a luxury or being a diva or anything else to be like, hey, seven hours, non-negotiable. And if you have small children and they sleep in bed with you, that is a whole other episode in and of itself. Another place where we don't practice self-preservation is our morals and our beliefs. When you compromise what you think is right in order to avoid conflict in order to make someone else happy, in order to pull the company line at work or with the other soccer moms or whatever, what that does is it creates a barrier between you and the people that you're interacting with. Even if you're honest and it doesn't go well, that feeling is very different than the feeling of we were talking about politics or religion or even something like food. Food might as well be politics and religion. (laughs) when you talk about it with people and you have let's say you have a different opinion or you just know what you know about food and nutrition because it's one of your weird side habits or you're like me and you're a crazy person about nutrition and the other soccer moms are talking about it or teachers are talking about it and you have an opinion because you've done research and you've really thought about how you feel about things and you don't share it and you just nod and say yeah because you don't want to get into it the disconnect that you feel from those people because you did not take the effort or feel safe enough to or want to ruffle any feathers or whatever your reasoning is, the disconnect that you will feel from those people in that conversation is very, very different than a dissonance that you would have felt if you had spoken your piece in, of course, a polite and respectful way. But that feeling of, oh, they didn't agree with me is much, 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 much different than I didn't say anything. I stuffed a piece of myself down. And that might seem dramatic to just not speak up about fruit juice or something because the other moms are raving about it. But that's how it starts. And then the next thing you know, you're talking about policies for the soccer team or how much we're willing to pay for tournaments and you don't speak up there and you don't speak up at the next thing. And the next thing you know, the entire soccer experience is unbearable and you can't stand it and you want your kid to quit, even though they love soccer because your child's not involved in soccer mom politics. You know, it snowballs and the next thing you know, there's all of this resentment buildup to these people or this organization or your workplace or your romantic relationship. Because you just now have a series of not speaking up, not holding true to your morals, beliefs, and values. And it's such simple shit. You're not talking to a politician. You're not petitioning the school board. These are just in everyday conversations with people who are in one of the circles of your life. But that's how it starts. And maybe if it's not our loved ones, maybe if we're super lucky and have fostered really healthy relationships at home. Maybe it's at work. Maybe it's with our friends. Maybe we don't want to say that we have different opinions from our friend group, especially after 2020, when our friends are even more dear to us if they lasted through a friggin' pandemic with us. But those are little betrayals on yourself. Another way that we compromise is with our priorities. And this is why this all matters. This is why the sleep matters. This is why the morals and beliefs matter. This is why the autonomy of your person matters. You know, This is going to be a controversial example. I might cut this out of the episode later, but with breastfeeding sometimes, we all know those really the big kids who have a certain amount of language who still will like pull mom's shirt to the side to help themselves if they're still breastfeeding. Whereas it could be an opportunity to show your child consent, show your child that when you love someone, you ask for their permission to have access to their bodies, show that even if mommy says yes every single time and never, it's never a bad time to breastfeed, that still teaches autonomy. It teaches respect for other people's bodies, which in turn teaches your child respect for their own bodies. There's just a lot of opportunity for some really amazing bonding and growth between mom and child there with a simple, simple tiny piece of communication. And sometimes we just don't bother because it's that extra step and we don't care anyway. By the time you're breastfeeding like baby, like three and four, (laughs) sometimes it's just like whatever. But that thoughtfulness That personal respect, which I know it doesn't feel like because that's your baby, but what we're showing, what we're teaching, what we're reinforcing in our subconscious is totally worth it, I think. And that's just one example, and maybe that's an example that doesn't resonate with you at all, but apply that to intimacy with your partner, apply that to what you wear at the beach. You know what I mean? What you're comfortable with and what everybody else is doing or what somebody else thinks you should wear or how accessible your partner thinks sex should be to them. like It's applicable in a lot of different areas, even if the breastfeeding metaphor misses for you because you have very different values than I do on that. That's fine. Totally get it. But hopefully the, the point still sticks. And all of these compromises on personal autonomy, on your time, on your energy, on your morals, on your sleep, which is really just code for your health... What that does is teaches you that you can't trust yourself, which then further reinforces your need for outside validation, which then further pushes you into the martyr complex to begin with. And the thing of it is, it's actually so much easier to get back on track. Like, don't spiral with this and be like, oh my God, for 30 years, I've just been letting everybody else tell me what I'm good at, what I'm not good at, what I'm worthy for, what I'm not worthy for, if I'm good or if I'm bad, if I am excelled or if I'm a dunce. It's okay, same sister, same. But the thing of it is, it's really easy to begin to undo, but it takes time and that's okay because if you try and do it overnight, it's just a disaster, pants anyway. Disaster pants, really Jackie? Okay, anyway, it's just a disaster, no pants. No pants, no problems we say around here. I've completely devolved. All right, it's really easy to get on the road to recovery with this. All you have to do is start keeping teeny tiny promises to yourself. And in that book, within the first like chapter, she explains someone that she worked with, the first promise that they started making and keeping to themselves was drinking one glass of water every morning when they woke up. Now that seems stupid. That seems like n- something that's not going to move the flywheel. It seems like way too little to make a difference. Like we're talking about decades of total self-betrayal, and I'm asking you to do something like drink a glass of water in the morning. The answer is yes, I am. Because here's the thing, if it is just foreign enough to you that you have to intentionally do it, like get up in the morning and instead of checking your phone for 20 minutes or instead of checking on the kids, instead of getting breakfast ready, instead of hopping in the shower, instead of watching the news, whatever it is that you do first thing in the morning, you have to consciously and with effort go drink that glass of water. Drinking a glass of water is not a particularly effort-filled thing. The intention and execution of doing it is a bigger deal. Do you see what I'm saying? So find something easy to do that will still require your intention, even if it's just a little bit. Like this is just a little bit of intention. To do it and start there. A big mistake, and I've talked about this before, is that we decide that we're going to be whole new people tomorrow and we're going to start exercising because that's something that we really truly in our heart of hearts want to do and we're going to start a meditation practice because that's something that we really want to do we know it would be good for us we know it would further us on our personal development happiness journeys which is all true but if you're going from someone who doesn't trust themselves fundamentally like this is not a conscious thought that you're having like oh I can't trust myself it's Something that you can see when you understand and you start to observe how much outside validation you need, how many opinions you need to make a decision, how many pats on the back you need when you go and be above and beyond for someone, how much attention from whatever sex you're sexually attracted to you need to feel pretty. Those are your clues that you don't trust yourself. And I know that seems like going from A to X, but... That's the train of thought. So these little promises, not becoming a whole new person overnight, one little thing that it's really hard to blow up to, even if you make your one little thing, 20 minute walk every day, if you're a mom or you have like, like shift working or that's really easy to pop a hole in, you know what I mean? It's raining outside. One of your kids is sick. You get called into work early. Your spouse forgets something at home. You need to take it to them at work. There's a doctor's appointment you forgot about until the day before or day of. That's happened to me. It's so easy to pop a hole into something that requires probably 30 minutes at least. If it's a 20-minute walk, you got to get your shoes on. You got to get your stuff on. You got to shower afterwards maybe. Too much. Too much. Things that work well. That glass of water first thing in the morning writing down or just thinking to yourself writing down might even be one step too many for you thinking to yourself or saying out loud three things that you're grateful for while you drink your coffee first thing in the morning i like to do a lot of these things first thing in the morning because it sets you up for a day where you've already knocked something that is really compounding off your list it's like your personal development is done for the day So drinking the glass of water, three things that you're grateful for. If you like future casting journaling, you could do something like that. But like, be very careful not to make it something too big or something too easy for other people to blow up for you. Taking your vitamins first thing in the morning. If you already have a daily shower worked into just the way that your life works, maybe you make the last 30 seconds a cold shower. The benefits of cold shower are, oh my gosh we'll do a whole episode on it maybe that should be one of our health that's going to be one of our healthy wednesday episodes but it's the last 30 seconds of your daily shower which is already something that you have entitled yourself to have maybe right that's just part of everybody's routine mom takes a 5 minute shower or whatever it is in the morning make the last 30 seconds cold you're already in the shower right all you got to do is that one step make it as easy as possible and don't think about what you're going to do 90 days from now. Don't think about what else you're going to add in 30 days. One thing, just this one thing. And if you were as fundamentally horrible at sticking to stuff that was only for you, as I have been in my life, even making it seven days with something like that will be awesome. You'll feel fantastic. And it's a glass of water. <laughs> we're 30 seconds in chili. You know what I mean? Depending on where you live in the country, it might not be that cold either. And that's where we get our power back is these little tiny yeses, these little tiny promises kept to ourselves. That's how you build trust with yourself. I talk about liking yourself a lot as opposed to loving yourself, which I think is the bar too high and accepting yourself, which I think is the bar way too low. I talk about liking yourself because it feels like a nice middle of the road and it feels attainable. The first step to liking yourself, to ever truly liking yourself, I believe, is building some sort of fundamental trust that you will look out for you. It has to be. It just has to be there. The other aspect of building trust with yourself that you also kind of can't do without, so we're keeping tiny promises to ourselves. The other thing we're going to do is start saying no. This is a toughie. Ashley Stahl has said this, but self Care often sounds like no. It's not bubble baths. It's not manicures. It's not weekends away. It is saying no to protect yourself. Hey, do you want to come to this party with me? No, I can't. I'm really behind on sleep. I've been dragging my butt all day. That just doesn't feel like a good thing for me to do tonight. I'm so sorry, but remember to invite me to the next one. It looks like a, hey, do I want three pieces of cake? No, that's going to make me feel like poop. My blood sugar is going to skyrocket. All of that dairy is going to leave me not feeling attractive for gastrointestinal reasons. (laughs) You know, it's saying no to stuff that you know is going to fuck you up. Whether it's in the moment or whether it's your goals. This is also why I have such a problem with I feel like. Because I feel like never, ever, ever lines up with who you want to be as a person. It's impulsive and childlike which is okay, but we cannot make decisions from that place. So the ways that we can say no are all, it can be really respectful. It doesn't have to be this like earth shattering, difficult thing that we do, right? Especially, it can be particularly scary if we're talking about your partner or your children or your boss, where you're setting up boundaries that really just should have been there all along. But here's the thing, when you start saying no respectfully, no, I'm so sorry. I just can't take that on right now. No, I'm sorry. I th- I really need you to do that for yourself. I have X, Y, and Z going on. No, I'm sorry. That just doesn't work into our day-to-day. The reactions that you get will tell you a lot about what your relationship with that person has become. If you tell your husband you can't meal prep for him all week because what that does is that leaves you to making your meals throughout the day and that doesn't end well because you get too busy, too stressed, You can't remember what you have and what you don't have. If your nutrition completely gets tanked because you didn't prep you for it, but you're spending a lot of time prepping your partner for it, there might need to be boundaries that need to be set up there. So if you explain that to them with love and respect, that they're going to have to be a little bit more responsible about their own food prep and they don't handle it well. It doesn't mean that they're a bad person. It doesn't mean that your boss is a bad person. It doesn't mean that your child is spoiled or a brat if they don't handle that well either. That's probably just them being a child. They're very self-centric. It's how they're supposed to be. All that means is that your relationship with that person maybe isn't what you thought it was and needs to be tweaked. I think if you and the other person are and sometimes even if they're not frankly especially in the case of your kids willing to give you the allowances that you need to make yourself happy to make yourself healthy to make yourself strong to make yourself have the time energy bandwidth and ability to go after the things that you want to go after after your goals you can teach them how to give you that space or you just demand that space and it doesn't even usually have to get to you demanding that you get your time or your energy for yourself. It's usually just an uncomfortable period in between. People treat you how you let them treat you. And if it continues to go on, the subliminal message is that treatment is completely fine by you. Even if you huff and puff, even if you have a fit, even if every once in a while you say that you feel underappreciated or unappreciated, which is code for you didn't say enough about the things that I did when I did these things for you. If that behavior lasts long term, your actions demonstrate that that way of treating you is okay. So we have to kind of change that a little bit. Usually that involves like some honest conversation. Doesn't have to be a huge dramatic sit down at the end of the night. But just some honest conversation in a time where everybody's feeling pretty neutral. And then you helping them help you. I've talked about this with my relationship with my ex before. I want my kids eating a certain way, period. It's not as much of a priority to my ex. If I want Z outcome, I have to be willing to do X so that it is stupid easy for him to do Y so that we get Z. Sometimes that involves me meal prepping for the kids. Sometimes that involves me buying ingredients for him (laughs) to do his own healthy cooking for the kids. But I make it as easy as possible for him to do the thing that I want him to do. We've had to build a lot of boundaries since our marriage. And we're still fumbling through it pretty much daily. Where are the new boundaries? Where are the new lines? We're getting along, but it's very difficult, especially if you're trying really hard to get along and have some semblance of friendship with this person that you're trying to raise all these tiny people with. And the conversations that we've had to have about my boundaries have been numerous. So many. So, 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 many. But I have to keep my eyes on the prize. I say this a lot with communication, you can have two outcomes. There's two ways of going about it. With communication, you either A, get to say all of the things that you're thinking and feeling as accurately as you can in that moment or with whatever speech you have prepared in your anger or your distress or your upsetness. And just the only thing that you accomplish is you express yourself Hopefully you got it out all out. I don't can't think of a single time where I let it rip and I said all of the things that I wanted to say. But that's the only outcome that you get from that the chips fall where they may when you just say what you need to say to express yourself. And there are times when that is completely appropriate and necessary. But the other option is to just have your eyes on the prize of what you want out of a conversation. Very, very rarely, especially in a confrontational situation, I have to keep my eyes on the prize. And if we have had the same conversation six times, me yelling at him for a seventh one and saying the same stuff but louder and angrier is not going to make the switch. That's me expressing what I think and feel. I can't stand that we have to keep having this conversation instead of, okay, we have had this conversation a lot, but what I need you to do is... X, Y, and Z. Me getting angry is not going to flip the switch for him. Otherwise, it would have flipped the switch 17 conversations ago. You see what I'm saying? Understand the person that you're talking to is key. It's pivotal for giving yourself the best odds of an outcome that you want. Whereas if our priority is option A, gather your thoughts as best as you can and just let it rip. <laughs> But usually when I'm in conversation, everything is about option B. What do I want to get out of this conversation? And that can sound manipulative, but most of the time what I want to get out of the conversation is what's actually going on with the other person. What the other person truly needs from me. What the other person is really feeling. What is best for the other person. All of us are not always comfortable expressing exactly what it is that we want or we need. Sometimes we don't even know. We just know what we don't like, right? Communication is a whole rabbit hole. I'm going to try and not take you down today. But saying no and setting up boundaries doesn't have to be this huge confrontational thing. It doesn't have to be a big sit down. That also is little steps hey babe I can do like half of your meal prep today or if you watch the kids for the entire day instead of just for a couple of hours I can do both of our meal prep and I'll feel good about it and you'll feel good about it everybody'll be great about it or I can only do half of your meal prep because I got to do half of my own meal prep is just on the brain because I live in the nutrition space especially right now (laughs) with this whole experiment okay so self-preservation isn't selfish the martyr archetype that we go cyclically through, that is selfish, but we don't understand it. Flip the script on that. We're constantly showing people how they should treat us. With tiny people, we are constantly showing them what is acceptable treatment for them. And you can talk to them about what is good and what is bad, what is okay and what isn't Till you're blue in the face. They're going to watch you to learn that and it's never too late to turn it around one teeny tiny promise at a time one teeny tiny no at a time you can absolutely do this and you're going to fundamentally feel differently about yourself and that is like step one to fucking everything so i hope that this episode was helpful i've talked for a long time now i don't even know how far in we are but Don't forget to submit your questions (laughs) on my Google form. You can find that at Caffeine Problems on IG. You can DM me your questions. My personal, personal, public profile is at Jackie's Caffeine Problem on Instagram. You can email me. You can, however you want to reach out or fill out that form. The form has the option of being anonymous. So you can do it that way. Totally cool with that. You can even come up with a cool nickname for yourself to get a shout out for. That's happened before. If you feel so inclined, it would be amazing if you would review, like, share, all of the things, this podcast. If there's something more that you want from me, something different. I love feedback on the show. I want this to be as useful as possible for you. So, until Friday, I see you, I love you, and I can't wait to talk to you soon.